TopplessRobot.com presents... Dude, Luke, the printer's still busted, man. What the fuck? everybody welcome to episode 83 of the topless robot podcast my name is ryan i'm tyler i'm brooks i'm dan and uh we have no guest this week we certainly have no guest uh there is no. not a guest at all um it's uh, just tyler as as normal um, as i've always been and uh yeah you know just just normal normal as tyler uh just kidding it's uh devin k from Hello. uh Bands such as uh, Direct Hit and uh, Dicks. Yes. Wait. Yes. Otherwise <laughs> known as Devin K and the Solutions. I will never not call that that band Dicks. That you're the first person who's actually called it. That's usually like a joke if someone reuses a bit. But uh, honestly, <laughs> you, I've never been called that before, which is so tough. <laughs> I'm glad that we could do that here today. <laughs> it's official. It's already been an enriching experience. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Evan. Say that again? So how has uh, your quarantine been? Oh, fine. Uh, Animal Crossing, Resident Evil 3, uh, writing a lot of music uh, by myself in my room, uh, a lot of hours spent writing a, a hip hop song and then going like, what? Oh my God, no. And then, you know, <laughs> going to bed. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> oh, you know, uh, largely the same minus the hip hop. Uh, you should give it a go. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I have it uh, in me. You I, said like uh, you regret giving it a go. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to let those abominations out into the world. You have to own them. Yeah, release your abomination. What would Damn. quarantine hip hop be called? Sick hop. Ah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. I knew. I knew Brooks would have something for us there. Um, so uh, what's uh, what's going on this week? I know Florida reopened their beaches. Yeah, man, it's spring Black. break again. <laughs> spring break part two. <laughs> and uh, immediately upon reopening those beaches, uh, were available clus- uh, pictures of clusters of people on the beach, just large swaths of people enjoying beach time in their now reopened Florida beaches. Have you ever been around a beach? It's in- very enticing. It draws you in. <laughs> it just- if anything, yeah, I, I blame the beach. Yes. This is the call of the sea. <laughs> the siren, yeah, I get, I, I get it. Honestly, I get. It. I um. I Tyler totally agree <laughs> with what those people are doing. Uh, as, as someone who uh, uh, grew up a good portion of my life in Florida, I n- I never made it to the beach all that much. But that's oh, also man. just kind of me. Like, They're open. I, I, yeah, hey, I should fly out to Florida right now. I bet flights are super cheap. I wonder if Ron John's still open. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting bailed out. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, 
I honestly like have mostly only been paying attention to COVID-19 news for the past week. It feels like it's the only news that we can get. Like, I I think the biggest nerd thing that happened this past week is uh, San Diego Comic-Con is officially canceled for 2020. Uh, For the first time since it started, they are skipping a year. Uh, And that's notable because that wasn't coming up until like July. So uh, it seems that people are kind of starting to at least some people are kind of starting to see what the real long like what the real scale of this is going to be as as far as time is concerned. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a smart decision. It sucks, but it's better than just risking people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, um, I, I would hate to see what like a con would do. You know, if, I should say if a bunch of people went out to a con like right now, that'd be it'd be like Florida beaches all over again. <laughs> <laughs> we did the uh, we did a C, we did the C two E two panel right before all this happened. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, you did a Jackbox thing, right? It was oh yeah, it was totally weird the whole time. It's like in the back of your mind, the just the it was like right before everything started, and everyone was just kind of you know, not touching and maybe covering their mouths as they were breathing through them. By the way, that wasn't a dig. I love cons. I, that was just my one joke. <laughs> Go <on>. <laughs> <laughs> <Tyler's> here. <laughs> I mean, well, I, the jokes are about the same. Consider- <laughs> considering, sounds, sounds pretty cool. considering how uh, uh, prevalent con crud is like Pax has Pax Pox, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call it with whatever <laughs> con you're going to Nam Thrax fucking whatever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, is uh, definitely my favorite of all of them. <laughs> it's my favorite band. <laughs> but like it, it makes sense that, you know, uh, under the best of circumstances, you're coming home from a convention sick. Most what? likely. You mean a gathering of people from a bunch of different states and countries carries illness? What? <laughs> sick. <laughs> And honestly, all the stuff you can buy at those cons, you can probably find on their Etsy store. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to shortchange a con, but it's a really big Etsy convention at some time. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but sometimes, uh, that's yeah. what I'm there for. I, I saw. <laughs> I, I'm holding something I bought at that C2E2 right now. It was forty dollars for the EV that goes across my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm part of it, man. I don't know. <laughs> that, that sounds worth it. That sounds totally yeah. worth it to me. Um, and it's something that had been brought up on uh, Weekly Weird News um, or Internet Today, I can't remember if it was one of their Weekly Weird News or just one of their news dumps, uh, was that for a lot of those artists, especially for a con as large as uh, San Diego Comic-Con, uh, for a lot of those artists who rent out booths in Artist Alley, that's a huge source of revenue for them that they're missing out on this year. So that's going to have a tremendous impact on them. Uh, well, I know. We got untaxed cash in our day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know my, my friend Ashley, um, she uh, was already kind of going to be taking a, a break from cons because she just had a kid. But she started doing just sketches and selling those sketches for like 50 to 100 bucks you know, online, just posting them. Uh, and so keep an eye out if, if you want to support, you know, artists, independent artists and, and your favorite artists, uh, keep an eye out because I imagine that a lot of them will be doing similar things and you'll get little quarantine sketches and you'll help support art. Yes. Art sucks. (laughs) Yeah. There's a hot take that I would have expected from Tyler. 
<laughs> all of those uh, like festivals and cons being canceled, those people fucking need it. Yeah, like, yeah they do. I, I forget if I brought it up or not, but my drum instructor, like one of his band members, uh, was one of like the heavy uh, hitters as far as gear for uh, I think it was South by Southwest. Um, and with that being canceled, he lost like a, like two thirds of his yearly income just from that Oof. festival not being a thing. So yeah, yeah it hurts. Everybody. Yeah. Behind the scenes too. Have you uh, had to cancel any uh, shows or or tours uh, or anything like oh, that? Oh yeah, uh, we we had two Europe runs this year that are canceled. We had uh, a bunch of the U.S. that's now off. I mean, it's it's going to happen with everybody. Uh, we have a bunch of friends and family who are in the other side of it, the booking end, and basically their job has just been to <laughs> make a flyer and then put canceled over it yeah, uh, right. for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it's it's so cr- creating job security, right? <laughs> <laughs> My Photoshop skills are okay, but man, I can do a meme canceled uh, blog. <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, uh, off with their heads uh, had to uh, cancel their tour mid tour, um, before, and then their rescheduled dates got canceled now because of, of the coronavirus. So oh, yeah. just I think especially rescheduling is, now. is a hopeful way to get holds on a venue, but I don't know when you're going to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It is still way too early to commit to any sort of rescheduling. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there are two factors there. It's, um, are we going to be open by then? And is the venue that you're booking at going to be reopening at all? That's that's even more in limbo than anything else. Yeah, a lot of those show venues are gonna go bye bye. Yeah, and that's uh, really scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were sparse before. It's not a high margin industry, as you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> it is not a high margin industry. <laughs> <laughs> the rich don't get into venue ownership, no, you know. <laughs> they don't. Well, they do. They just don't care. You know, yeah. like it's uh uh what? Uh uh River Phoenix and Johnny Depp opened uh, the Viper Room. I'm surprised I wasn't called the Scarf Lounge. They wear a lot of scarves. That's my joke. <laughs> that was a very good Tyler joke, actually. I can appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was... Dude, I could be Tyler, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I... Wait, wait, wait. Are you, are you afraid of, of birds or are you afraid of bats? I, no, but I'll do anything to be accepted. <laughs> Fantastic! Hey, that's a Tyler response right there. It really is. <laughs> you, you can start ten minutes ago. Tyler. <laughs> Only ten, huh? Yeah, yeah. Anytime that before when, that. Yeah, that was when we knew. <laughs> but it's still like when we talk about like the rich don't get into venue ownership. It still blows my mind the amount of people that I see online who constantly say like, well, this guy owns a bar or he owns a nightclub. He must be fucking rich. Like, no dude, those don't make money. It's like a five to 10% profit margin. 10, if you're lucky, like that's, that's talking a lot. Yeah. A lot of people think about, you know, like, Oh, well this place is popular. Lots of people are going there. So they must be making lots of money. And no, uh, in order to stay competitive, we have to price our beverages, uh, you know, along the lines as anyone else. Uh, so that means we've got minimal markup on, you know, uh, beverages or I mean, not minimal, but like 
no more than anyone else. And because it's a it's a competitive industry, you know, it's it's not like that's going to make you a ton of money when you throw good shows and you care about your performers. You're not taking a lot from that cover because most of that is going to the performers and the people who are actually working the show, Uh, you know, like real rich ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, totally. That's why I got into live music to make money. <laughs> I'm going to jeopardize my parents' pride so I can be rich. <laughs> you hold up a fan of 20 singles and say, "This is everything I've earned playing live shows." As, as a 32 year old in the past year touring, I gave my band members twenty dollars and said, "That's a little extra for the night." So, <laughs> Success. Yes. Yeah, I'm a monster. <laughs> it's a terrible industry. <laughs> Sorry, so, go on, Ryan. I'm a monster. <laughs> you are Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Tyler. To, to, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, to touch on uh, Depp and K and the Solutions uh, a little bit, um, you guys uh, either just came out with an album or you're coming out with a new album. Is that right? We have a new album, hopefully coming out. Well, at least it'll come out digitally later this year on AF Records. Anti Flags record label picked us up. Oh yeah, dude. A very kind Ooh. and very nice record label. Um, I love them. Chris and Josh who run it are great. That's and everyone else is great, but I'm going to sort of say that. <laughs> That's a Tyler um, move. I did a Tyler move. <laughs> but like uh, you guys have, uh, and I messaged you as much uh, when I heard uh, some of the new like singles that you guys have been releasing and whatnot. You have come a long fucking way from being a three piece to like this full fledged party ska band thing that you've got going on today. Yeah, we wanted to be like the Huey Lewis of punk. <laughs> <laughs> and then now it's getting more into like, uh, as we keep writing and working on shit, it, it, we also have like these acoustic mixtapes that we put out that are our old songs reworked with like techno beats and horns still. Uh, we're just really fucking doing whatever we want. I guess, you know, I've been working in music for a while and doing the grind. And uh, I came back after doing it for like six years straight and kind of going like, I would like to make whatever I wanted. And now I get to. Not that I don't in Direct Hit or anything. I think Direct Hit just has a more outset uh, vision. And then sure. now I'm kind of fucking around and doing stuff with this band. And I guess I really love Scott. So <laughs> it's, it's, there's no upstrokes uh, yet, but it's still, it has a whole full horn section, keyboards. It'll be big. You're going to like it. You're probably oh, going to like it. I, I've been thoroughly enjoying the the uh, stuff that you guys have been releasing uh, recently uh, and the live footage uh, that uh, I've seen looks like a fucking party. It looks great. It looks like tons yeah. of fun. And it's been, Thank Jesus, you. probably, fuck, like six or seven years since I've seen you guys play. Yeah, we've been a band for like a hundred. I mean, it's just been like the moniker I've carried since high school. So it's <laughs> like 9,000 people. These EPs I made in high school that are, aren't good, and if you find them, they're not good, but okay, I'm fine. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's like weird. It's like starting over, but already having something for 10 years. Like, Losing It is like a record that came out in 2011, but it's also the most, it's like the last thing that we were, I mean, we released Yes, I Can't, but it was the last thing that we released. It's weird. It's weird, but um, I don't know. It's growing as I get old, too, and hopefully... Uh, I'm still doing it when I'm really old and you get to hear like old 
brain. But it's, a, it's a good benchmark of where my sanity is at at any given point. So that's for sure. It. And now that you've set yourself down this ska path, like when you're old <laughs> and you're, I, I, when you're old and still making this music, you're gonna be gray hair, checkered vans, black suit. <laughs> We did. We did start wearing like uniforms because. Uh, well, <laughs> it's the I mean, it's thing to do. It's just, I mean, it wasn't meant to be. I've been obsessed with Oliver Tree. I don't know if you guys like Oliver Tree. He's like a I don't know a character musician. It's weird to say. He's very good, but he does all this stuff in costume, and I've been ripping that off. But it also works that it's in the world of ska, where grown men wear uh, funny ties. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but there isn't, there's a lot of good ska now again. And I think that like, I don't think we're a ska band, but I think we're ska Jason. And I think I love ska so much that it's like, it's just cool to get to mention band, the Jamons, uh, J-A-M-O-N-S. They just put out a single called, uh, Jennifer Lawrence of Arabia. And that song is fucking (laughs) awesome. Uh, that's like, it's like the madness meets Blondie. And then there's Hell like yeah. Millington, right. which is like if Yellow Card was a ska band. There's like really cool <laughs> shit. Scott 2 Network is always producing yeah, really Scott cool Toon shit. Scott 2 Network is amazing. I think that people are taking it and, you know, it's usually a militant genre of just like, it's got to be this way. And now you kind of have people who grew up playing it and are like, well, now we can put it in other things. And it, it's getting it's getting cool. It's Does getting that mean? Mixed in. We could no. actually be seeing the mythical fourth wave of ska? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. If I, I think I would just be so upset even if it was called that. Like, just, the fourth wave of ska. If I wear my Aquabat shirt out, I'm going to get beat up in the street. <laughs> they got a new single. It's fucking amazing. They do. It's fun. It is dope. It is really good. The trumpet playing is wow, so good. So I live with the world's biggest Aquabats fan. He uh, does. I would love to meet them. I, that's <laughs> probably like the second favorite band, second most seen band of my entire life. I love that. I still have never seen them, and I really need to. Oh, it. man. Yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting that. You didn't come out the last time. Yeah, that was, I know. Uh, Every well, they... record, guitar playing is really stellar. It's underrated really yeah. good it's like stick dale shit underneath whatever well, I, I know that i i know that he um oh, shit, i forget what his real name is but eagle bones falcon hawk i know he Ian also Cole. also played uh in another i can't remember the, the other band he played in but he's been doing other stuff besides that and it sounds pretty yeah, good he did like I, don't, I thought he was also in some like random big band too, like one of those no use for a name ends up in the Foo Fighters things. Yeah, Ian Foles, yeah, Ian Foles was like one of those. I'm gonna look it up. I don't want to. Spe- I don't like speculating. I'm not a speculator. The internet has every answer. Carry on with what you guys are talking about. I'm gonna be reading Wikipedia for a minute. <laughs> oh, he plays with. Okay, so he plays with Gerard Way. He plays oh yeah, with yeah, yeah. Uh, Kepi Gooley. Oh wow. Checkpoint yeah right on so there you go hell yeah dude great great members too so, aquabats welcome to the aquabats podcast I'm <laughs> <laughs> the fury of and why so, it's fine 
<laughs> with uh, the um, stuff that you're the style that you're currently working with, it's uh, departure. Um, while I'm sure not entirely, you know, from a songwriting sense, but from a musical sense, it's a, it's a departure from when you were a three piece. Uh, do you feel like now you're ma- you're able to make the music or, or are making the music that you wanted to make all along? Or is it just yes. kind of a natural <laughs> progression kind of thing? That's a very easy question. Yes, uh, I do think I have. The, I, I have a good. I have a really good team. Um, I found this weird well of musicians from Lawrence University. In, oh yeah, uh, Lawrence is great. Wisconsin. Yeah, and they all ended up moving to Chicago, and they all know each other. And I met Jacob Horn, who's our trombone player, who uh, is one of the best trombone players I've ever seen. What a um, fortuitous name. I know, right? It's like the dumbest. <laughs> his <laughs> destiny so, was written in his bloodline. Yeah. <laughs> and so the guy with horn in the last name, I know, uh, ended up being a great horn player and uh, Does- introduced me to the best trumpet players I've ever met. And now Joram, who plays keyboard, but also plays bass and direct hit. And then they're just these wealth. And Jake uh, Levinson, who played in great bands like Truman and his Trophy. It's, it's such a good band, and Ryan is still the original drummer. Um, and Ryan's but, a fucking killer drummer, uh, especially uh, Ryan. Uh, um, I think you can find him under, like, Ryan Scotty's drumming or, or something like that. He did yeah. some stuff when Sonic Mania came out. He did uh, some drum-alongs to Sonic Mania tunes, hell and yeah. they're fucking oh, killer. Yeah. Super good. We've been working on a, a city escape. Like as a pipe dream, (laughs) (laughs) we want to do it cool, but it's like so hard. Every time we do it, another comes out with a subsequently better. Like the last time we tried, Scottoon came out with one, and it was like, "Fuck, all right, back to drawing." (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, so this team has allowed me to just basically write these songs and then go to them and be like, "I need you to do this," and then they do it better. And I don't deserve them, and they don't deserve to be in a band with my name in it, uh, not theirs. <laughs> but that's how it works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's called Jared Leto and the 30 Seconds to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sure that nowadays, if, if he didn't have the name rec- recognition with 30 Seconds to Mars already, it would become Jared Leto's 30 Seconds from Mars. Yeah, that band yes. sucks, for the record. Uh, have you <laughs> heard we, about the lying? cult that he has started? <laughs> Was that? Have you heard about the cult that he has started? No. Oh yeah, he's yeah, got a, a cult getaway. Why? Like, like openly? Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. They all call him something special that I can't remember off the top of my head. But like fans can buy their way onto this retreat and getaway where everyone wears uh, light white colored clothing, and he is basically like a messiah to them. Oh yes, Gerard Leto. <laughs> It's it's exactly what you would expect from Jared Leto. Yeah, I mean, big, it means big dick shaman. It's only a matter of time before the punch is made. I think the coolest <laughs> thing about Jared Leto is when uh, Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie uh, dissed him, which is like my fa- he was just said. Uh, I mean, you've, I don't know if you know Ben Gibbard. He looks like a guy who looks for in Seattle. And he plays an amazing. I love that band. I'm not. I'm not knocking that band at all. It's very important. To me. But uh, he was basically like, I hate Jared Leto because he has his rock costume and his acting costume and his shopping costume. And I was like, damn. All right. All right <laughs> Shots then. fired. Um, yeah, he says dumb little like straps. I don't I have no time for. It. 
<laughs> I I uh, love the uh, especially the offhanded uh, band digs, like when a uh, notable musician makes fun of a notable musician just kind of in passing. Like uh, probably one of my favorite YouTube videos is watching an interview with Mike Patton uh, backstage uh, at a, a festival, and he stops yeah. the interview because they're like behind a stage where Wolf Mother is playing, and he goes, Ooh. "Are you?" F- are you, I'm sorry, are you hearing this? What the fuck is this? This isn't the fucking 70s anymore. What the fuck is going on? Are they the ones that have, is that woman? Is yeah. that them? Yeah. Yeah, that song sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't agree with Mike Patton on a lot with his spooky carnival music, but I... I, mean, <laughs> I am such a fan of the spooky carnival music. Of course, I, I <laughs> you, come from Sparkle Fuck. What the hell do you expect? <laughs> You and Danny are both big Mike Patton fans. Yeah, uh, those who didn't know, Danny used to be a drummer in Drag Team. Uh, he made me listen to all that. Like, oh, now there's a wood bone being played and a small <laughs> saxophone solo. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, I certainly won't say everything Mike Patton t- uh, touches turns to gold. But I will say that he has uh, the balls to experiment a lot. And a lot of the stuff that he does do is super interesting and a lot of fun and makes you at least think like as a musician, like think about fucking with things like, hey, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. We're not stuck to this genre. We can kind of mash this in, too. And, you know, it it kind of takes those barriers away, I think, especially if you're listening to stuff like Mr. Bungle and shit, you know. The only spooky well. carnival music I can recall liking, uh, Devin Townsend did it really well for one album, uh, Deconstruction. So hmm. if you're ever looking for something that's got some good spooky carnival influence, check that out. I'll have to give it a go. Pro- he probably resents that album now, though, because it's metal. It doesn't metal anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he does it pretty good. I mean, I, I, Ziltoid is amazing. So Ziltoid is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but it's ridiculously rad. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, as far as far as Mike Patton goes, I I like I like Phantomos. That's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that weird album with the uh, what it's like to wake up during a surgery. That one's great. Yep. I'm amongst a bunch of Mike Patton fans, but I've always said it reminds me of the "Daddy, Would You Like Some Sausage" scene from t- uh, Freddy Got Fingered. His- <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh God! Nope. I I'm not offended. I'm not a Mike Patton fan, so that's fine by me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am Proud. super. <laughs> no, I don't think that's a Tyler opinion because I think Tyler probably likes spooky carnival music. Actually, I don't anymore. <laughs> it's been rewritten. I don't know that Tyler likes a spooky anything. I think he likes spooky carnival music. I'm gonna I'm gonna call that one. Tyler, yeah, from later. Uh, Alan Mankin has done a couple of songs that were kind of spooky carnival music, right? And that's all Disney stuff. So, <laughs> See, oh my God, Matt, pa- uh, uh, Mike, Matt, Mike Matt, Patton should Matt do a Disney, Patton. A Disney score. Matt Actually, Paxton. that would be amazing. That would be amazing. I I would love to to see Mike Patton do a Disney music score, like a. Like some like and some like one of those you know like very emotional ones too. It no, <laughs> no it's yeah. it's gonna have to be something that's like <laughs> it's gonna have to be something that's like an acid trip like Fantasia or something. Treasure Planet Two. 
<laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> he did do the soundtrack to some uh, noiry kind of indie film, and the music yeah. that that uh, they did with that was perfect. And you wouldn't peg it to be Mike Patton at all. Um, I, th- I think I, I I don't remember what the name of the movie is. Yeah, neither but can I. Remember I but finding that soundtrack out after is real I watched good. it. So enough, uh, Mike, Mike Patton stuff. Uh, oh, 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 Mike Patton. <laughs> um, Devin, you're also in uh, direct hit. Um, and, uh, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was wait. I, so I, I said that as an introduction with the idea that I'd come up with a question in that, but I, I don't really, I mean, you, so you've got, you're in two bands now, both of which are on uh, labels that, uh, you know, are seen with pretty high regard. Uh, how, how, how do you feel about how does how does 15 uh, year old you feel right now? Uh, uh, he would be like, why don't you have more money? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. That's uh, it's a wild question. I guess uh, when you're in the thick of it and you're trying to make good stuff, you don't think of it that way. You just go like, oh, like all the time. But uh, yeah, I guess when you put it that way, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of fantasy about what it is to, to have things like that. Um, but I also don't take it for granted. I'm extre- extremely thankful. Uh, I, you know, I get to play shows where people go to them sometimes, and that's a really wild thing. Um, but also, you know, n- n- uh, everybody's broke. Like, the music yeah. industry is just a weird... Uh, you know, and there's, there's, there's changes, I think, that need to be done to the, the way it's all put out and the way we release music. We got to get with... I think rock needs to get with the times. I think it's a really boring statement, an old guy statement. Uh, when you watch the way the kids are releasing music, I don't know if a two-year album cycle is the way that we do it, should do it anymore. You know, nope. I think uh, maybe that's just my watching too much TikTok, but uh, I think that uh, I, it's it's different now, and I think that a lot of labels are going to start changing, and I think it's going to help a lot of people. I yeah. certainly hope so. I mean, the labels have been itching, have been needing a change for over a decade at this point. It doesn't benefit each other anymore as much as it used to you know it's it doesn't even benefit one kind of a thing it's yeah. a lot of gambling and you know high you know low low investment low failure high return but you have to also bet on a lot it's very it's a lot there's, yeah. a, lot, there's a lot of people making good music it's tough yeah and, and people want that content drip now they don't want the uh, the big drop of an album they want yeah, to be getting like i want a every or every month or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. yeah, but I don't disagree with that in like a way. Now I totally am on board with that. Honestly, I think I like kind of, I mean, we're still making them, obviously, and we will. But uh, I think the trickle release is almost, con- I, I don't know. I think of things like Shithead Steve and Fuck Jerry, where you just turn on your phone and you're guaranteed to see something from that every day. And it's That's like, what, what they want, like dude. Yeah, what if that yeah. was a band? I, I, also, I might be the latest to the party saying this. I'm like, you guys have heard of this internet? It's like, <laughs> well, I mean, I remember um, uh, Jonathan Colton uh, when he first started out and was still like a programmer during the day. Uh, he started up Thing a Week, which was actually inspired by They Might Be Giants. 
and they yeah, might be giants had the dial-up yeah, phones. Yeah, 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 so you could dial in. And his thing, he was trying to challenge himself as a songwriter and try and write and produce and record a song every single week. And I think not only is that a good practice, like from a, you know, get your chops in shape, you know, kind of approach. But uh, it's now kind of become the norm with, uh, you know, YouTubers and with uh, people like that who are just content creators. I mean, look at us. We do this once a week. Granted, it takes absolutely no skill to do so. It's still something that like this is the flow of content. You know, and you build the infrastructure. I don't know. Don't sell yourself short on that. This whole thing came together. It takes. So a lot of people uh, during this whole thing are like, I'm going to start a podcast, and then they do, and then they start to start a podcast, and they're like, ah. like you guys, <laughs> you guys are doing. It. This isn't Tyler saying this. This is Dan. <laughs> Yeah, Thanks, I mean, Tyler. This is this is the one thing, or yeah, uh, this and hosting Rock Band Monday are the the two things that I've done uh, with regularity for the longest in my life. Because regularity has always been something that I've hated. Like I hate having something scheduled. I've always hated having something scheduled. Um, but I fucking love doing this. I mean, shit, man, this is the eighty third straight week that we've done an episode of the podcast without fail. Like I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Pretty good. But have uh, all that said, it doesn't as take. Tyler, you could have gone to ninety. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All that said, without like, it doesn't take the same amount of um, exercise and skill as it would to write and produce a song in that same time, you know, period with that same regularity. Yeah. This is, this is the lazy man's content drip. It's a content drip. It's weird. I think that's why we've started reworking our own songs and then releasing them in a different genre. Uh, as not only a, an exercise, but b a content drip. It's like, it's weird. Some people don't want to listen to a song. I think a good song is a good song, and I think some people will do it with an acoustic guitar, and some people want it with a loud guitar. You should give them whatever they want because people are fickle. Yeah. And you're an entertainer. That's your... I don't think it's selling out. I think it's uh, meeting the demand of your uh, suppliers of money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta, it's not punk, but I got to pay my rent, you know? Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Stuff. <laughs> Stuff. But enough about me. If you wanted to be a real punk, bro, you'd give up all your possessions and ride a train everywhere. Yeah, live in a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, I got plenty of friends who are real punks. I can't call them because because their phone is you know off. So yeah. <laughs> they yeah. didn't pay their bill. I don't so. believe in paying bills, dude. <laughs> bills are a construct of the of the capitalist society of which you see crumbling around you. <laughs> You know, watching, taking a shower every day is just like something I can't do, man. I just wait like a month at a time. It's what they want. Yeah, that's why you became a drifter, dude. Why do you think they just leave those train cart doors open? That's for me to get in. They can't shut all the doors, you know? They can't shut them off. No, they can't. But to that, I I think it's more punk nowadays to find individual, you know, like rap, individual revenue streams from the people that care about you more than it is to put out a large, uh, not uh, personal record because you're on a cycle. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, that's all. I'm still going on that preach thing, but I think no, you I know, mean, artists, when you've got okay with- when you've got something to say, you you write it. 
you know you just gotta let it out brother as opposed yeah. to yeah. no but i mean like you know what i mean like when it comes to songwriting when, when you've got something to say you you say it yeah as opposed to being contractually obligated to do so which we but even when you're contractually obligated to do so it's almost like do it the best that you can I know right. it's weird, but it's like, but it's that it's disingenuous thing, yeah. you know. It's like it's uh, okay. Uh, that's uh, I ex- I fully think, aside from you know, probably the uh, you know willpower of of eighties and nineties rockers uh, versus the influx of money that they were getting at the time. But I fully think yeah. that one of the reasons that drug use was like and heroin use and and like hard drug use was as rampant and you know destroyed. Uh, a lot of the rockers in the 80s and 90s was because they had to look I got to get inspiration and a lot of us turn to drugs or or alcohol when it comes to inspiration because it lowers a lot of walls and puts your brain in a lot of places that it normally isn't so when you're on a on a fucking calendar for that next album and you're lacking inspiration what the fuck are you gonna do Interesting way to think about it. You're going to snort that inspiration, bro. (laughs) Get all smacked up on hope. How the fuck else am I supposed (laughs) to become introspective? 90s money was wild. Like, you know, I I don't know. Different different ball game. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh... What uh, what games has uh, everyone been playing? I know, uh, Devin, you kind of uh, mentioned uh, Resident Evil and uh, uh, Animal Crossing. Uh, has anything else been kind of piquing your interest uh, during the quarantine? Have you been revisiting some old stuff or looking forward I've to new been, stuff? I've been playing Fortnite with Joram, the bass player and keyboardist uh, from, from Direct Hit and The Solutions. Uh, we've been and our trumpet player Ian, we play on Fortnite quite a bit. All I right. gave it ten dollars, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> if you're if you're gonna play Fortnite, you got to give us a dab on stream, right? Uh, what do is it. That? That Tyler is... would do it. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well done. Uh, and Tyler's cool. legacy was destroyed <laughs> in an hour. <laughs> My character can't dab. It can still only Donald Faison dance from the scrubs. And I still don't know why I gave it $10, but I guess I'm Maya, but I'm not allowed to change Maya's costume and I'm getting annoyed. I guess I'm just- I don't know, but it, I'm allowed to talk to my friend. So that's why Fortnite exists. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. I well, like PUBG better. You, you clearly need more V-Bucks then. Yeah, I obviously need more V-Bucks. Oh my god, V-Bucks are so funny. It, it is just like tapping into your brain the way they ask you for it. They're like, hey, do you want some fucking bucks? You're like, <laughs> ah, maybe not now, Fortnite. They're like, cool, cool. <laughs> hey, what about those bucks? Like, Give us Jesus, some money, Lord, dude. We know you want that tomato head skin. Tomato <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Vito> pepitoni. <laughs> I know it makes me easier to hit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I I like my headshot hitbox to be a big red circle. <laughs> I'm a fucking target. Dance like the sand lot. I don't know. Is that one of the references? <laughs> Um, uh, that's about it, though. RE3 is an, is an unbelievable... Both of them, I've never played the source material, but the remake are unbelievable. I think they're some of the best crap that's come out. They're so fun. It's just so fun. And you don't care about human life, and it's so funny. 
<laughs> yeah, I never, it's so funny to me. I never played the original RE3 either. I did play the original RE2, but I never played the original RE3. Uh, so this has been my first time through, and it's fucking it was great. Playable on the Dreamcast. It was unplayable <laughs> on the Dreamcast. I remember just being like, "Oh, enough." Yeah, it was. But the new one is so good. All yeah. right, you go now. I'm talking. Brooks, uh, I have been playing. Um, well, let me see. Sony gave us those free games on Wednesday. Now, did you guys get get your? Uh, Uncharted and stuff. Yeah, Uncharted yeah. and Journey. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I, I've never played Journey. Oh, Journey uh, is so fucking great. Yeah, I I decided to play it at like twelve thirty at night, which was a mistake. Uh, yeah. So I I I need need to play that again. <laughs> yeah, and well, so it's funny you say that because uh, I was I was like, okay, well, I'm waiting for this amazing soundtrack, and I'm like, uh, you know, I need something that's gonna keep me awake, and so I I put on sleep like like the like the band gotcha. um and i yeah i so I, I played i played journey to while listening to dope smoker until i think for like <laughs> almost the whole song and then i just like i couldn't do it and i just yeah. had to shut everything 48 down. hours just kidding they write a long song <laughs> i mean it's pretty and close <laughs> journey journey is a pretty short game and is definitely best experienced in like sit down play it from beginning to end in one sitting because it's only like longer than a sleep record. <laughs> uh, journey. Uh, the next one's a short one. It's only twenty minutes. Journey. Journey is like two hour, two or three hour long game, something like that. It's a short. Oh, game. so I, I was almost done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you tapped out. You're a quitter. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> now that that is a fucking absolutely incredible game. Uh, one of just such a great a joy to play. I think it's still the only game uh, where the soundtrack won a Grammy. Um, oh yeah, that's that right. That's right? right. Yeah. Oh, cool! I love dumb Grammy knowledge. That's yeah. fun. Uh, and it really is that 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 game company, uh, which the company that made it. Unfortunately, I don't think they're around anymore they also did flow and they did flower um, oh yeah both great yeah uh but journey is definitely the the best of those games absolutely mm. and uh um i also played a bunch of secret of mana today too or not today this week i should say i rescued santa claus which is canon <laughs> so you know uh because that uh, trials of mana comes out next week uh, the the one game that we never got here from the secret the, yep. the mana series, so I can't wait to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Set those expectations nice and high, Brooks. Oh, of course. <laughs> Just... How's the seven remake? How's that going? Well, I've been uh, playing that. I'm uh, uh, I'm about halfway through. Uh, from what I hear, it's about a forty hour game. I'm about twenty hours in. Um, and, um, spoiler alert, depending on how you look at this, Cloud gets a hand job. And <laughs> not where I thought we were going. It was, it was interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm just past the point where, uh, I'm now in the sewer, yeah, sewers under, uh, Don Corneo's, uh, uh, house. Um, but so I did the whole cross dressing cloud a uh, bit, and uh, apparently, the like how fancy 
the dresses that you and Aerith are wearing uh, depends on how many of the side quests you completed before going on. So there are three different levels of fanciness for the the clothes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's so cool to be in you know uh, Wall Market um, like first person and be able to recognize these different things uh, that you're used to seeing in this pre-rendered top-down background kind of thing. Uh, and it's I have absolutely no complaints about the Final Fantasy VII remake so, uh, so far. It's absolutely great. I have no complaints about the one thing I cared about from that game, and that was making sure Barrett had a good voice actor, and he fucking does. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, <laughs> Action he does. Black Man is like one of the best stereotypes from anything, and that's exactly what he dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never played the first one. So. Um... In general, yeah. it's great. Uh, the voice. <laughs> I want to know what it's like as a standalone. I'm a guy. I'm an idiot. I'm Tyler, and I'm out <laughs> here. I've never, I've never played Final Fantasy VII as a fucking Tyler would. Uh, am, am I going to enjoy the experience as this nugget of dimwit uh, that I am? Tyler? Absolutely, I think so. Cool. <laughs> um, the great. voice of the character Wedge is uh, Badger from uh, Breaking Bad. Because you can recognize that voice a fucking mile away. I don't know who that is. Neither. Really? (laughs) You would recognize his voice. You like you'll hear that voice and be like, "I've heard that voice before." Because he's only got the one voice, and it's it's like kind of up here and sort of gravelly a little bit, but a little. It's not great. I'm banjo. He's, he doesn't play a school. He doesn't play like a, a school mascot, a kids' TV host on Breaking Bad. He doesn't. No, no. Uh, I know it's it's hard to believe uh, that he's not a meth using uh, uh, kids' TV host. Really, Actually, Breaking Bad was such a wholesome show. <laughs> How about you, Dan? Uh. Well, my uh, my good friend Ian has finally turned 21, so uh, we've been getting lit and playing a lot of Civ Five. Um, he completely snapped last night, and uh, he just kind of shut down, and he was building a scout every turn in his one city, and when you would talk to him, he would just gurgle into his microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to kick him from the game to set his soul free. It was the only <laughs> thing I could do. Uh Otherwise, uh, I've been playing a lot of Space Station 13, also <laughs> trying to convince Ian to ban Evade on all the servers, because he is banned from all of them, uh, usually for breaking cops' legs, something along those lines. Um, oh, Space just, Station uh, 13. I know, man. Just before, uh, just before the podcast, I played one round, and as usual, I play chemistry, and I cannot be irresponsible. So <laughs> once, I finished, once, I, once I finished making all the medicine, I, uh, I cooked up some meth, some Mindbreaker toxin, put them together in patches, and uh, put them together right in the fridge for anyone to take for free. This isn't the Final Fantasy VII remake. No! (laughs) (laughs) If it was, I'd be more interested in the Final Fantasy VII. (laughs) No, this is Space Station 13, where you can literally blast people's butts off and then wear them as hats. Yes. Uh, Oh, I'm in. Yeah, that sounds fun. (laughs) 
And you, you can do just about anything. Um, Pretty su- much anything you, can you want. Suplex and do- doom a whole uh, space station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's or you can have wild, wild uh, furry orgies. Yeah, those are uh, those are the best thing to destroy. Uh, beating up furries as a honored pastime in Is Space Station Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of ways, it can be similar. I'm fine with that. I love those games. <laughs> it, they play nothing alike, but there's a lot of similar chaos and violence. That's for sure. Is this Nintendo? <laughs> Yeah, Space Station 13 from uh, when you get a chance, uh, look up Space Station 13 on YouTube uh, and uh, you'll understand it's a game where you can do just about anything that you want. And it is uh, what did you say uh, previously to uh, convey the difficulty uh, curve is it's like a six action thing to smoke a cigarette. Oh yeah, yeah. The, like, that's the, that was the first thing I practiced a bunch when I started playing because, like, lighting in order to light a cigarette, there's there's like six or seven steps, and that's because you have you have two hands, and the hand you're using is whichever hand have you have selected. You reach into your bag, grab your pack of cigarettes, select the other hand to open the pack of cigarettes, grab a cigarette, put the pack of cigarettes away, get out your lighter in the other hand, put the cigarette in your mouth, and then light it. Like it, it takes. Takes a long time if you haven't played the game before because it's super complicated. I like a game that trolls you. I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, it does. <laughs> yeah. And it, it pulls no punches. It will not hold your hand. Uh, most of your first rounds, if you ever do play, will be you getting beat to death by somebody, most likely. <laughs> cool. Wholesome entertainment for the whole family. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what more would you expect from a soulless corporate space station in the far future? <laughs> Strong values, Dan. <laughs> Could you imagine them announcing that Space Station 13 is coming out for Switch? Uh, <laughs> that would never happen because there's no way to run it. A shitty old Beyond engine. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, and that's like a fucking, I don't know, like thir- like 20-year-old engine now. It, and it's, it's awful. It's terrible. I like games that are like kind of sh- shitty by design. I feel like that's what made PUBG good at the start was it was just like this is if counter-strike sucked (laughs) (laughs) like that's their tagline hey guys you want to play a game this is if counter-strike sucked (laughs) it's like yeah the background doesn't load in but i don't know it takes like 45 minutes it's kind of fun (laughs) who's a player unknown we don't fucking know but we gave him a game yeah you have like eight seconds of fun and it's just like well okay like that's thirty bucks. I'm in. <laughs> hey guys, I, I, frying pans. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen a frying pan used. In a game. <laughs> I, I, re- I just really want to celebrate the experience of trying to run a game on a computer at the l- public library. <laughs> PlayStation Thirteen can do that. <laughs> but also, uh, Ryan, I couldn't imagine ever having Space Station Thirteen on anything that doesn't have a keyboard and mouse. There's not oh, enough yeah. buttons on anything else to play that game. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, I suppose that, that makes sense. What about if it had a virtual keyboard? Uh, you would suffer. <laughs> you would all suffer. Also, no one will ever charge money for that game. It's like, it's fucking forbidden. That'd be breaking <laughs> the rules. Then it will be made into a free-to-play game on the switch it it will never 
<laughs> and you can buy things. Ah, like... uh, yes, the the Space Station Thirteen keyboard peripheral for your <laughs> Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like a shitty beat up keyboard with the with the, the little his, like controller handles on the side. <laughs> it comes with one of those like laminate covers. They just stole it from a fucking like a public library and it's like here's your keyboard. <laughs> have you ever seen the GameCube? I have one. It's in a box. I just moved. But have you ever seen the GameCube uh, keyboard controller? No. Really no. In practice. Oh, look it up. It's by Hori, I think actually, and it's uh. It is the size of a keyboard, and then it has a GameCube on the side, Switch-esque. Oh, my God, no. Yeah, that's <laughs> horrible. Like two things to use it for. God. So. Yeah, the, I, I've always been entertained by the um, the uh, attempt to cross over uh, gaming consoles and computers. Uh, you know, like, I guess... Uh, for most modern stuff, actually, since like the Xbox, you could plug in like a USB keyboard and mouse and most of them would recognize. So like old FPS players, you know, who are used to a computer could play FPS with the keyboard and mouse on an, on an Xbox 360 if you really wanted to. Um, but then there would be just ridiculous peripheral like uh, the Xbox uh, 360 has the chat pad. That fits yeah. into the contour, the bottom oh, of yeah, the yeah. controller. Um, but I mean, even going way back, one of my first gaming systems was an Atari computer. And it had a five and a quarter floppy drive, had a full keyboard, mouse, and it had a cartridge slot for Atari cartridges in the center of the keyboard. And you had to fight dinosaurs for your food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This I, was before President Lincoln was assassinated. <laughs> I, uh, People who owned this hardware actually they watched the last dinosaur die. <laughs> I um I used to play uh, the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy text adventure on it all the time. Oh shit! It was a lot of fun. How was it? Did you get the Babel fish? Oh yeah, that's about okay. as far as I could get in that game. Was mm. onto the Vogon ship and get uh, Babel fish in my ear. So, um, I don't know what the fuck else has been going on this week. What, what are you guys, what's the first thing you guys are going to do when, whenever quarantine ends in six months? Uh, you guys go first. I have no idea. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with this lifestyle. I am, I am almost certainly going to go drink several very expensive cocktails somewhere. Yeah. Like, somewhere drink dark. publicly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's I think, harder I think, to drink I think now. Drink. Uh, what? You need, you need to like. You, no, I mean, uh, yeah, it's easier. But also at the same time, it's like if you live with a partner, or you live alone, or whatever. If they're not getting drunk, you're alone. It's almost like no, now I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I, Dan I've has been pounding alcohol since I got on this because I feel like now I have an excuse. But the second you get off. <laughs> We're happy to yeah. enable you. I have as well, having started out with a quarantini and now moved on yeah. to my Funkworks Raspberry. Um, Dan, I'm going to find any Zoom account meeting I can and be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, uh. I'm, I'm sure Dan will tell you. Dan Dan has no no such reservations. No. <laughs> Whenever and wherever I can be drunk, I will try. I will never my greatest. I will goddamn try. If I don't see that, at least give it an okay go. There, there is a difference though that I that I don't enjoy as much about drinking at home, and that's because uh, normally when I'm drinking at home, I'm just drinking like the trash person that I really am deep down inside, instead of the uh, instead of the person who enjoys going out for a nice drink somewhere and minding their own business. Here, I just run around the house drinking Coors Light and. Taking shots of rum and just going, what day is it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What a Tyler move. (laughs) Yeah, what are you drinking, Devin? High Life. Uh, Right now, High Life. Uh, It's the best. And we had, so yesterday we had The Champagne of Beers? The Champagne (laughs) of Beers. That's right. The Champagne Uh, of Beers. We had a bunch of Zoom meetings uh, with family the past couple of days, so we ordered a bunch of liquor to be delivered to our house when we were drunk. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, is so that like shopping when you're hungry? I thought we were insane. It was like a thirty rack of Miller Lite, of like eighteen <laughs> Coronas, some <laughs> cider, a bottle of wine. And then the kicker was one eight, like 12 thing of Tostina's pizza rolls and one pint of ice cream. <laughs> Hell yeah. And it cost like $94. And yeah. it was like, <laughs> uh, it was a dumb thing that you do when you are alone and you, uh, or at least quarantine. That, that's the most exciting thing is a guy is going <laughs> to bring me liquor and then i'm gonna drink it by myself <laughs> you mean so, this guy's gonna show up with yeah. beer and pizza rolls and just put them at my door yeah and then Fuck. not look at me and that's i'm fine with that going forward uh and not having to anybody. yeah it's time yeah how yeah. about uh you brooks have you been uh imbibing more than uh usual i know you don't usually drink no, too much really. but i think i've had like a glass of wine yeah, I suppose uh, like in the quarantine or like today. Oh, like like total quarantine. But I, I've uh, I've also been doing the 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 keto thing, so I can't have beer. Brooks is also uh, not much of a drinker; he's more of a smoker. Yeah. Um, and you're still doing your uh, day job uninterrupted uh, uh, so far, yeah? You 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 cut out oh. mostly. Yeah. Uh, you're still doing your day job uh, uninterrupted oh, yeah. so far, yeah? Yep. Yeah, so I still go to work. So, what do you do? What's what's job? Oh, right. Yeah, uh, I'm a caretaker for especially uh, for special needs guys in like a group home. So, yeah. So I just show up and slack off all day, anyways. And now it's like, now it's maddening because it's like, well, I, I can't do anything fun at work because then what am I going to do when I get home? But then what am I going to do when I go to work the next day? And it's just like <laughs> this. <laughs> The morbid truth of Brooks's profession is that he will never be out of work. Clients die. That's yeah. it. Like, <laughs> yep. Fair. I'm essential. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. And I, I, 
I know uh, Devin is probably at less risk than the rest of us right now because Devin uh, is in a state with uh, an actually half decent governor. Um, hey, hey doing okay. Uh, oh, are you in Canada? The governor of Canada. Um, The uh, we being in Arizona and uh, having Doug Ducey, um, the deuce considering (laughs) Florida opened their beaches this week, Texas is uh, starting to reopen things. We should push to reopen our beaches too. (laughs) Yeah. That one really big beach you have. I have a feeling that Arizona uh, may not be far behind. Um, And I worry for, you know, all these places that are going to be prematurely opening up because, I mean, obviously it's going to lead to a spike. Uh, So uh, we're, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, fuck, dude. Times are weird, and I'm just hoping that we see as minimal impact as as possible from from here on out. I'm I'm sick of seeing people, you know, stupid people doing stupid things and thinking that it's some kind of conspiracy without taking into consideration like the whole goddamn world that is impacted by this. And uh, you know, oh, our U.S. politicians are doing this and that. No, they're not. Are you fucking kidding me? Every single country on the goddamn planet is experiencing what we are experiencing, except You're forgetting for one the protests. Detail. There are no other countries outside of the United States if you live in the United <laughs> yeah, States. When you said other countries, I was like, what's this guy talking about? Yeah, what are you talking these, these <laughs> other countries are just government conspiracies by liberals to make us believe we <laughs> have human rights. Um, I bet those France people also believe in birds, too. <laughs> <laughs> a very interesting thing. Uh, Jasmine shared with me a uh, post, you know, uh, I'm pretty much every state, I think, at this point, or uh, a large amount of states have had protests of people wanting to get back to work. And those people are gathering in very close clusters around their state capitals or town halls to yell at people who are not listening uh, because they want haircuts again. And um, the uh, Jasmine linked me to a comment on a, on a post uh, in Maryland's uh, subreddit uh, talking about this phenomenon. And uh, he had done DNS record lookups on all of the domains that were being set up, like uh, for different states to organize these people uh, for these protests. And they were all registered to the same person. They were all registered on the same day. And he even looked up some that didn't have active domains uh, that had websites up. And they had been registered all on the same day. And he finally came across one that was not uh, registered with a privacy proxy and traced it back to Florida. So one organization in Florida is masquerading as multiple uh, gun uh, groups in other states to organize these people to protest the uh, quarantines and try and, and get people out. Uh, He even also brought up as an example, he's like, so here's the Facebook group 
organizing this state. Here's the Facebook group organizing this state. Here's the Facebook group organizing this state. Look at the descriptions of these groups. And all of the descriptions from state to state across the country were identical. Same on the organizing uh, event pages. All of the words uh, in the description for these events were identical. They were all built by the same group. So apparently there's one group in in Florida or one person in Florida sowing discord trying to you know make this happen um now first off that's nefarious in its own right uh but secondly I can't help but think that it might be a liberal trying to get people well no <laughs> trying to call the herd by encouraging the conservatives to get out of their houses and contract this thing and and increase the amount of deaths in a very specific area. That's my tinfoil hat. I consider myself a progressive. I'm very left-leaning. Um, and I can't help but, like, look at these groups and go, good, you fucking deserve it, you dumb motherfuckers. If you end up, like, that pastor, the ultimate comeuppance, that pastor who died from, from COVID-19, I'm not the type of person to celebrate a death. But when a pastor goes out and says, I'm not going to listen to any of these fucking social distancing orders. God told me that I have to do this and then dies. I mean, it's the most boring lesson. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, hey, don't go out there. You're going to die, man. I'm going to. OK. <laughs> like, at that point, I guess, man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But hold on, I, I am going to pee myself. I'll be right back. Okay. You guys talk about yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, know plenty about Ryan, us. I think there's one there's one key detail you're missing, and it's that this Good Samaritan is organizing people because the coronavirus was a government conspiracy in order to take away the guns of all of our Second Amendment loving red blooded Americans. <sighs> That's so another thing. We have thing. to organize. That's another thing that's God driving me insane somewhere. is um, the people who are protesting this are saying that their civil, civil rights are being taken away. And that's, Imagine if they had actual civil rights being taken away like other marginalized groups. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I, I've, I've earned the right to get a haircut whenever I please. But never mind <laughs> you that. You cannot stop me. When you put this in perspective, uh, what you're really asking for, the civil right that you're asking for is to kill other people because this is a thing that doesn't have a fucking uh, uh, cure. Uh, it it has already been shown to uh, reinfect and uh, reincubate. Um, what we've seen out of other countries is that you know, until we have a vaccine for this, it's going fucking nowhere. So what you're protesting for, the civil right that you're protesting for is to put other people's lives in danger. That's not a fucking right that you have. Never ignore your goddamn hair, Karen. Fucking who gives a shit about your bowling league? It fucking you're. Oh, it, oh right. just drive me insane. Don't tread on me, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tread on me, brother. 
What did I miss? You guys, uh, Just Tyler me. here, and I don't give a <laughs> shit about anything. <laughs> yeah! You, uh, yeah. you missed out on the 5G conspiracy. Oh, oh God, God! Don't even get me started on that one! Fuck! <laughs> my favorite thing is, like, the best part about the 5G conspiracy is that there's, like, a, there's a type of person that exists that has existed throughout time. And it was the guy who was angry at the radio and the guy who was angry <laughs> and the guy who was angry at the car phone and the guy who was angry at the cell phone. And somehow every time we get that person who's just like, it's going to kill you. And you're like, Jerry, dude, go to bed. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the same as the, the first caveman who watched his brother jump in a lake and take a bath. And he was just like, Crunk been dirty forever. This is bad. <laughs> <laughs> My God. I know it's boring, but cell phones are like the only thing to do. Can we not bother with 5G right now? I need it. I need to look at porn fast. <laughs> 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 Gotta go faster. <laughs> Gotta go faster. Yeah. Gotta go yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Crunk, did you not know that water is leading cr- cause of drowning? <laughs> water is big cave conspiracy <laughs> they exist to drown more cavemen <laughs> oh god just I mean I I uh, feel so I always thought that the internet and uh, the increase of the availability of knowledge and information was going to be the great you know equalizer in society that, you know, we have the whole wealth of information, especially now at our fucking fingertips on our, on our phones. We have phones that are more powerful than the first PC that I've personally ever built. Like it's insane, (laughs) but, (laughs) uh, it has only allowed people to believe bullshit. I mean, certainly it has increased the availability of knowledge, but it has also increased the availability of bullshit. I've always said that if you showed George Washington a cell phone, he'd fucking die. Like, if you brought him back to life and you were like, George, check this shit out. Ask a question, (laughs) dude. And he just, he would die. He'd be dead. You know, I think it's the most human thing in the world to completely ignore the power and wonder of something so important and use it for poop gifts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if uh, anything, I defend that as a human being is that we are, of course we're going to miss the point. That's all we've ever done <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So you yeah. know what? Keep, uh, keep, no, don't, don't listen to misinformation. I'm being a Tyler right now. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> A Tyler. Fucking Tyler, dude. Yeah, Fucking Tyler. Classic, <laughs> classic Tyler. Um, so we have uh, gotten to the end of the podcast with that podcast. Over very angry rant finished. of mine. Um, <laughs> but uh, I am looking for an Ask Reddit question for us to answer. Um. The Okay, there there's an interesting one. What is the saddest video game you have played and why? Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Like 
saddest video game. I, f- I feel like saddest is is a loaded one because I I'd, I'd feel like there there are a lot of video games that have made me feel a lot of emotion, not necessarily like full on sadness. I've definitely shed tears, but like I don't know that I can fully uh, attribute that to sadness, just like an overwhelming feeling of emotion because I was so invested in the game. That's like a good question. Final Fantasy VII was up there for me, but I think... I was fucking waiting for someone to say it. When Aerith gets stabbed by Big Sword, I go sad, sad. No, it was up there. It, it, it was honestly the first time that I realized that uh, a video game. So, like, you know, I was a freshman in high school, and games had been fairly simple to that point. Like, in terms of story, for me anyway, the games that I had played, and uh, in the similarly to how like the first time I played Resident Evil, it was like, holy shit, games can be scary. Uh, this was that, you know, realization of, holy shit, wait a second. How can they do that? I've played, I've been controlling her. They can't do that. Like it was a combination of shock and, you know, investment, like, uh, removing that and, and really, you know, at that point you had been playing with her and your party for like 10, 15 hours. And it was insane. Never Sorry. killed Bambi's mom. <laughs> you, you, you know my stance on that whole thing. It just, it's always made me laugh. I don't know. The whole Aerith thing has never been like a, I've never understood why it made people sad. <laughs> <laughs> She's not real, you know? <laughs> like, I, I kind of get it. I, I get what that scene was supposed to reflect, but also like, oh, it, it was just kind of corny to me. That's all I ever Look. got of it. In 1997, it was a different thing. <laughs> it's, you know, when they finally get to that point, 50 years from now, when they do, re- um, like, it's probably going to be corny then too. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's going to be corny in high def. <laughs> <laughs> high def corny. <laughs> um, for corny. But yeah, uh, aside from that, like indie games uh, have uh, um, a greater tendency to be sad. Uh, indie games try a lot harder to do that for sure oh you know. yeah every game is like figuring out the trauma between you and your dad or like yeah, remembering, the fa- remembering the father who wasn't there or I, I have, have to deliver this scroll <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my board I, I feel like I the, there's all the indie ones or the weird ones like the I have no mouth and I must scream and I don't know. There's sadness in a weird way to the Stanley Parable because it's yeah. like a weird box of your mortality. But the most boring answer and the one that made me totally the Last of Us. I was like, I was Ellie's fucking dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was her fucking dad. Fuck you. You know, it's like uh, I'll kill the doctor. I'll kill anyone. I don't know. I remember weirdly being like invested in that game and at the end like when they I don't want to spoil it but it's like the sixth sense just fucking play it you weirdo um, <laughs> it's available it's available everywhere uh, when they do the whole thing where she's like oh did you 
kill them for me and he's like oh no and then i was like <gasps> and that was it i just that was it that was it for me i love that game in that sense of that set it was like a yeah it was the only they do a lot of games like that where you're a parent and it's supposed to make you feel something i think the last of us was the first to make me go if i ever spawned i bet i'd probably take care of it <laughs> 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 what are you Brooks? uh well that's uh I mean, as far as elicit, eliciting like a strong emotional reaction, you know, uh, like the Final Fantasy VII thing, there really hasn't been a game that's like made me like cry openly or anything like that. But there's there's been a, a couple of times, to- you know, a couple of games I've played that uh, that you know that struck certain nerves, you know, um, Chrono Trigger being one of those in particular, as far as slogging through all that goes in the story and stuff like that which i won't talk about because people need to play it and i'm not going to give it away but you it's good chrono trigger them that is a tyler joke that very is, well done yeah absolutely playing the role oh, well yeah. let me know if tyler's not around more i'm just going to be perma tyler filler <laughs> <laughs> stand in yeah, I got it. I got this. I can be Tyler for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that whole, uh, like, what was the saddest game? That's a hard one for me. Because, like, I'm in the same department as Brooks. Like, no game has, like, made me so sad that it's actually made me cry. For sure. Um, and it's going to be a, a, a weird take. But if you're actually reading between the lines, especially after they released that one DLC for it, uh Bloodborne's entire story is like heinously tragic if you actually read between the lines. Like, because uh, the final place you go to in the DLC, you actually like hear about all of the child experimentation they were doing in this little hamlet, like drilling holes into child skulls to try and find like archaic insight into things like that. And the entire tragedy in that game was caused by like a child's cry for help reaching a, like a eldritch being in outer space. And like it, it came down and fucked up the entire world just because it heard this thing suffering on a planet. And it's like everything you experienced from then on is because people were being murdered through cruel experimentation. And you like see more and more of it the deeper you go into the game. So I think like it's not the game that made me the saddest, but I think it has like the saddest environment and overall feel to it when you actually figure out what's been going on the whole time. Tragic, if you. It's super tragic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On a like a Roman scale. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. All right, Devin. Enough uh, uh, avoiding. How about you? Why was that? You cut out. Uh, enough avoiding. How about you? Did you say the last Oh yeah, you did say last I almost, I almost want to point out another scene though, because I forgot about the scene. <laughs> In the game, that the humans are the ones who are actually fear, and they cold, they kill these two, this couple in cold blood. That's like right on the ground, and I remember being really sad about that because I'm like weird about that. So, there's my other answer. Last of Us All is right. a surprisingly good game. Uh, yeah, I need to spend I, I, more time with Last of Us. Um, I started playing it, but uh, haven't uh, haven't finished it. And uh, Last of Us Two now delayed, yeah, until question mark. There's no uh, release of that. <laughs> we don't need it. It was, a, it was it was done. It was done. Why are we doing this? Like, I, I, I'm excited, but I, I'm okay. I thought the story really 
That is not. That is not a Tyler opinion because Tyler is very excited for the second last. He of is, us. yes. I'm gonna buy it. I'm just gonna be a bitch about it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he was better in the first game the entire time. It, it was just, it was a, a story. It was put in a box. You put it to bed. You go to go to bed. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly to how we don't need like a Watchmen series uh, season two, we don't. You know, yeah. it's you. You've told a story it, to completion. Uh, yeah. Continuation you is unnecessary. Something that none of my coworkers in my entire life have ever achieved, which is completing a story and making it interesting. Why don't you just do that and be happy? Yeah. Uh, eh. All right, it's money. On yeah. that note. Uh, before uh, I do the final sign-off, Devin, uh, why don't you tell everybody where uh, people can find uh, Direct Hit and Dicks? Uh, yes, you can find Direct Hit stuff at Direct Hit Sucks. Uh, oh, no, sorry. It's uh, crownofnothing.com now. When we have the awesome print-to-ship store on crownofnothing.com and then uh, Devin K and Dot Solutions, best uh, the URL we could ever get, uh, <laughs> slash shop has all of my stuff. It's like a shrine to me and I ship it to you and I smoke weed on it and before I put it in the box. And <laughs> I know, dude. And then <laughs> other than that, uh, the Jacob Horn Trio is another group I play. I sell their merch too. Uh, the fur coats I've played in, I sell their merch. Just check out my shit. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask solutions. if you were still doing stuff with uh, Mark and uh, fur coats. Uh, I, I talk. I love Mark. I talk to Mark. We, we're we're miles and miles away from each other, unfortunately, and we can't get with it. Fur coats are still going strong. I send. I played on the new record a little bit. Guitar. Uh, it's very good. You should check that out. Too. But yeah, check uh, out all those projects. Um, I can, t- you know, as uh, a huge fan of all of those projects. Otherwise, Devin wouldn't fucking be here. Um, so, you still have that house with the pool, uh, by the way. I I highly highly recommend. <laughs> All of <laughs> all of uh, his projects. What did I have a house of the pool? Oh yeah, yeah no, the apartment. I, I Jesus Christ, that was a long time ago. That was a great place. Yeah, that was the apartment. Now I own a house and I don't have a pool. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> Why don't you go back to the other place? <laughs> anyway, thank you everyone for watching and or listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Having football down to a science starts with having sleep down to a science. Because the better you sleep, the better you show up on game day. That's why NFL players rely on the Sleep Number 360 smart bed. It senses their movement and automatically adjusts to keep them effortlessly comfortable. And it tracks vital sleep metrics like average heart rate and average breath rate, so they know exactly how well they slept. It tackles the science. All they have to do is sleep. Don't miss our Labor Day weekend special. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed, plus free premium delivery when you add a base. Ends Labor Day. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL.